This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Of course, here at CKNW, we're celebrating um, uh, Pink Shirt Day today. Uh, the event, which falls on the last Wednesday of February every year, uh, and of course, today you'll see students, school staff and supporters donning pink shirts uh, in solidarity with victims of bullying and discrimination. It's hard to believe, but this day was inspired by a, a real simple act of kindness in a small Nova Scotia town. And since then, uh, Pink Shirt Day has uh, sort of bloomed into, you know, from that really hum- those humble origins in 2007 into a global movement against bullying. And today, uh, this day is celebrated in over 25 countries uh, around the world. It's been recognized by the United Nations. And we're going to spend the next half hour talking about um, what Pink Shirt Day means and the work that is at the accomplishment, certainly, but the work that is there uh, ahead of us as well. We've got lots of really interesting people and guests. Well, our first guest is Shriya Gupta. Uh, she is the author of Flamingo Feet, and uh, she joins us now. Hi, Shriya. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. Now, uh, it says here uh, that you are the um, author of Flamingo Feet. Talk to us a little bit, to myself and Robin, about how you went about writing and what inspired uh, your book. Yeah, so um, one of the main reasons that I wrote Flamingo Feet was because of anti-bullying. When I was younger, um, I was bullied myself. I knew what it felt like to be bullied. It was not a good feeling, and I didn't always know how to deal with bullying. And so I wrote my book to spread awareness about bullying and teach kids all around the world to always chase their dreams no matter what anyone says. And the second main reason was to, you know, help kids around the world. A few years ago, I visited India, and I I saw how unfortunate many of the children were there. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather, Ray Gupta, runs a charity for young girls in India who don't have access to education. And so I thought that that would be a great way to be able to help young girls in India. And so I wrote my book to also raise money for that cause. And so all the proceeds go to that. But during the month of February, all the proceeds are going to Pink Shirt Day. Shreya, I think you're just so terrific. How did writing this book help you? Yeah, so, you know, at first I didn't always know how to deal with bullying and, you know, it was a big problem in my life and I, you know, I let it affect, you know, what I did and, you know, I let it affect, you know, what, you know, my passions were if people, you know, made fun of it or made comments about it and, you know, once I learned how to stand up for myself, I knew that I wanted to help so many people around the world deal with bullying. And so writing this book, you know, I'm really happy that I get to do that. And, you know, I feel super accomplished that, you know, I'm getting to help kids around the world deal with this important cause. And you're already such an accomplished writer. Thank you so much for donating the proceeds, by the way, to Pink Shirt Day. I think that's terrific. Thank you so much. And Shreya, uh, I'm just curious, how old were you when you were bullied? Pardon? How old were you when you were bullied? 
So when, at the time when I was bullied, I was around um, seven to eight years old. So I was quite young. And so I didn't really know how to deal with it. And that's, you know, one of the main reasons why it was such a struggle for me. Um, but, you know, once I learned how to, you know, stand up for myself, it had really helped. Mm-hmm. Do you, and no one believes that bullying has ended. We all know that it has not. Do you think uh, your generation of students and young people are better equipped to deal with it today than even, you know, five years ago? I think that things have definitely slowly gotten better a bit. You know, I think that there's a lot more resources to help kids deal with bullying and there's more awareness about it. Um, But I think that there's definitely still even more that we can do. um, But, you know, I think things are definitely slowly improving from, you know, a few years ago. And I think that um, things are definitely, you know, moving forward and there's definitely more resources that are opening up for kids to get help when they're being bullied. Shreya, thank you so much for your time. You're such an accomplished uh, young person. You've done so much already, and I can only imagine what uh, your future looks like moving forward. Thanks for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, let's talk to our next guest, Stacy Ashton. She is the Executive Director of the Crisis Centre of BC. CKNW Kids Fund helps support over 7,000 youth in distress by phone, uh, and that wouldn't uh, we wouldn't be able to do the work we want to do at CKNW without the help of, of, of the Crisis Centre of BC, uh, and Stacey Ashton joins us now. Stacey, thank you for speaking to us today. Oh, you're very welcome, and happy Pink Shirt Day. Happy Pink Shirt Day to you as well. Talk to me a little bit about the Crisis Centre and what you're hearing from young people uh, in regards to the conversation. COVID has had an impact on all of us, particularly Mm -hmm. young people as well. Give me a sense of what you're hearing from young people today when you get these phone calls. Yeah. I mean, so when folks uh, either call us, youth call us on our phone lines or they uh, chat with us on our chat service, um, you know, there, there is, there's just a, a lot of distress, a lot of, um, uh, a lot of anxiety, uh, as, as school is coming back into the swing of things, um, you know, kids who've been out of school for a couple of, like out of regular school for a couple of years, it's an adjustment. It's an adjustment to make, uh, to be back in a, in just in a different space and a lot of catch up on, on, um, schoolwork that maybe didn't get, get, uh, done as well as it was prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are in an era where social media also plays a, a significant role in regards mm-hmm. to how people feel. Uh, bullying occurs online uh, as well. Are, are you busier than you were before? Uh, even, you know, forget COVID for a moment, but have the challenges, the modern challenges that kids have to deal with today, have that has that made your job more complex? What, what we've been most interested in the chat services that we get funding from CKNW Kids Fund for mm-hmm. are that um, our chats tend to be much more complex and folks, uh, youth who are contacting us by chats uh, are in higher levels of distress. So what we find is that it's a, it's a way that youth uh, trust and feel more comfortable using when they need support. Uh, so that's, that's really what we see is that when we are able to re- use chat as our service, we're able to act, get, get access to the kids who most need us. Mm-hmm. Stacy, thank you so much for your time today. 
All right. Thank you. All right. That is Stacey Aston. Uh, she is the, the executive director of the Crisis Center of British Columbia. And of course, CKW's Kids Fund helps support over 7,000 youth in distress by phone and chat services. And of course, that couldn't be done without the great work they do at the Crisis Center of British Columbia. Well, joining us now is Diana Martin. Uh, she is the director of service operations for the Kids Help Phone. Diana, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me today. For our audience, give us a sense of what Kids Help Phone uh, is all about. What do you do? Kids Help Phone is a service that's here for young people right across the country. We are open 24-7. We never close. We're here for all young people, no matter where they are in Canada, and actually no matter what they're wanting to talk about. We offer counseling support, anonymous and confidential with our professional counselors. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to us in English or French or even through other languages through the use of interpreters. We have a live chat service that's run by volunteers right across the country, trained volunteer crisis responders. We have lots of different resources on our website. So really, it's about giving young people the opportunity to find the resource that best fits what their needs are. might be different one day to the next. And that's part of why we offer so many different services. Uh, in a COVID environment, even a post-COVID environment, um, has the demand been, uh, has it risen? Is, is, is it even more complex today than it was before? We have seen our numbers rise dramatically, doubling um, at the very least. We've, we've actually had 13 million, over 13 million young people interact with us just since 2020. Those are huge numbers. And we are seeing so many more complex and challenging issues that young people are facing. The pandemic has been really difficult on them. Mm-hmm. We did a segment on this show earlier this week. And congrats to them. It was an American study. And a lot of it was focusing on um, social media and particularly the crisis among young young girls today uh, in regards to uh, anxiety in, God, in regards to uh, body image, the the crisis among young girls uh, it has gone up significantly. This is a center for disease control uh, that uh, that uh, did this study. Significant increase uh, among young people. Are you seeing the same thing in regards to your um, kids' help phone? You're getting a lot more younger people calling, but specifically uh, young women calling. Yeah, we we always do tend to see more young young female identifying youth reach out to us. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, in amongst where we're seeing some of those challenges that young people are are facing, I think what Pink Shirt Day highlights, and also your earlier guest that you just had on, Shreya, is that even amongst those really deep, complex issues, what we're also hearing for youth is like an incredible amount of resilience and having the capacity to create change and build solutions. So, yes, they are coming to us with increasingly more complex issues, anxiety and stress are two of our primary issues we hear about from young people. But they're also coming, bringing so much strength with them that actually helps them deal with the challenges that they're facing. And if we can be part of the support that helps them to do that, then all the better. Mm -hmm. Diana, thank you so much uh, today. Really appreciate your time. Happy Pink Shirt Day. Happy Pink Shirt Day. Thank you for having me. So joining us now to talk a little bit about, uh, further to talk about Pink Shirt Day is Scout Gray. Scout is the National Program Manager of ARC Foundation. Scout, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Now, your organization, I'm told, helps create and oversee SOGI123. Now, SOGI123 for our audience provides uh, tools and resources uh, 
for creating and welcoming an inclusive environment for all students, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, now, my time as an MLA in the BC Legislature, we had a significant conversation around SOGI, uh, and it is very important in schools to provide a safe environment for people from all backgrounds. Can you talk to me a little bit about this, Scout, how important these programs are for students? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot has been done to make schools safer and more inclusive spaces for students of all sexual orientations and gender identities. And unfortunately, we still have a ways to go. Uh, you know, a recent study, a Canadian study just in 2021, found that 62% of 2S LGBTQ students, so two-spirit, queer, and trans students, still feel unsafe at school sometimes compared to only 11 percent of their straight of the straight students at school so we know that we're work we're making schools safer and more inclusive and there's still work to be done what would you like to see done moving forward uh, as soji was a, a pretty broad societal conversation it still does come up uh, but what other things do you think we need to be doing collectively as a society and our education system to make the school environment and just life in general uh, safe for these students so they can reach the f- their full potential yeah, so what we know is that for absolutely for, for educators, for teachers, but for many people, they want to create those inclusive environments, but often just don't know how um, and don't feel confident to, to do the things. They don't want to get it wrong. They're nervous of saying the wrong words. You know, the language is changing a lot. Um, and so we just want to, people to feel more confident and empowered. So that knowledge is really powerful. Um, if you feel more confident, you feel like you have the tools and resources, you're more likely to act. So that's a lot of how we do our work with the educators is creating those tools and resources, making sure everyone has some of that basic knowledge. And to know that you don't have to know all the right words to create an inclusive space. Um, You can just make it clear that you are someone that wants to create that inclusive space for students or for your kids in your life if you're not working in schools. Um, And the students that, that need to hear that, they will listen for it. And small things like, you know, people, it's become really common to share your, your pronouns and your email signature, or when you're introducing yourself, you know, we encourage teachers to introduce themselves to their class sharing their pronouns, and that's that small signal to students that uh, they are listening and, and trying to create that inclusive space for schools, for students. Scout, thank you for your time today. Really appreciate it. I wish we had more time to talk about Soji because uh, it is a very important part of creating that safe space. Uh, we will keep your number. I look forward to having you on the show again because I think the, the SOGI issue specifically is, is a very important one. Look forward to having you on the show soon. Thank you so much. All right, that is Scout Gray. Uh, Scout is the National Program Manager for the ARC Foundation. Now let's uh, catch up with uh, Edwin Chang. Edwin is the store manager of the Broadway Canby London Drugs. Uh, Edwin, thank you for joining us. Hi there, yeah, thanks for having me. Can you talk a little bit about London Drugs' role in uh, the CKNW Kids Fund Pink Shirt Day? Yeah, we've been a supporter and partner of CKNW Kids Fund uh, since 2009. So it's, uh, you know, really important for London Drugs to support uh, communities across Western Canada. And, you know, this is one of the great programs that uh, we're passionate about and continue to support on a regular, you know, basis. Uh, I, I'm, I'm assuming even when you started at, on that day, you, you had no idea of how big uh, Pink Shirt Day would, would, would uh, become. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone did. You know, like you mentioned, you know, starting in 2008, 2007, and um, just as a small act of kindness, and where it's grown to now has been, uh, it's been amazing to see. Well, that doesn't happen uh, without all uh, the guests that we had on before and yourself and your organization. So I want to thank you. I want to thank uh, London Drugs as well. And of course, uh, Scout Gray, Diana Martin, uh, Stacey Ashton, and Shia Gupta, who joined us earlier as well. Edwin, thank you so much for your time. Thank you.